Hello, um, this is Stephen. All the prep you need for business, AQA, paper one, night before, here we go. Um, let's start off quickly with what actually is going to happen. Section A, 15 multiple choice questions. Always choose an answer, good advice. Always choose the right answer, better advice. 15 multiple choice questions, 15 marks, easy money. Section B, 35 marks, some short answer questions. So this is knowing your disadvantages, your advantages, all the kind of stuff that can be asked. And then section C and D, two essay questions. You can choose some, each worth 25 marks. I guess those are the haymakers. 100 marks, total exam. Let's start off with some multiple choice questions. Looking at last year's exam, here's one. The Blake Mouton grid classifies leaders and managers according to their concerns for what? Have a moment to have a think. The correct answer is people and production. And the exam paper kindly has task in brackets at the end. One mark, so that's one of your 100 down, ready to go. In a SWOT analysis of a business, which one of the following statements is true? Is it an inefficient quality assurance system is a threat? Lower unemployment leading to increased demand is a strength? New legislation that requires a business to modify its product is a weakness? The liquidation of a competitor is an opportunity? The answer is D. Why is it D? An inefficient quality assurance system Shouldn't be a threat, that should be a weakness because it's internal to the firm rather than external. Lower unemployment leading to increased demand is a strength. Again, that's an opportunity for the business, but it's external, it's not an internal strength or weakness. New legislation needing a business to modify its product should probably be a threat. It sounds very external, and that leaves D. The liquidation of a competitor is an opportunity. I mean, if Tesco was liquidated, Sainsbury's would be pretty buzzing. I reckon their CEO would probably go on TV again and start singing about how much money he's going to make, um, as he did last time. Um, so the liquidation of a competitor looks like an opportunity. Um, which one of these changes would lead to an increase in the level of output needed to break even? Would it be a decrease in fixed costs? Would it be a decrease in the margin of safety? Would it be a decrease in the unit selling price? Or would it be a decrease in variable costs per unit? So I'll give you a second to think about it. An increase in the level of output needed to break even would be a decrease in unit sale price. If unit sale price goes down and the amount of money made Assuming costs are flat, the amount of money you would make per unit would fall, and therefore you would need to sell more units to reach a break-even level. The multiple choice questions get progressively harder as you go through. If we get closer to the end, they drop in Porter's Five Forces. Porter's Five Forces will pursue you for the rest of your life, so look forward to that. Um, but which one of these events is most likely to help a business's profitability? Is it a decrease in supplier power, an entrance into the new market, 
an increase in buyer power or new product development by a competitor? The answer is A. If your suppliers are weaker, you have a stronger negotiating position and you can pay a lower price. And if you're paying your suppliers a lower price, then your margin goes up. If I sell a product for 100 quid and my suppliers take 20 quid of it, if they're less powerful, I can now pay them 10 quid and my margin, instead of being 80 pounds, goes to 90 pounds per unit. Um, so, there's your multiple choice section. 15 marks up for grabs if you can get hold of that. Um, to give you an idea of what section B looks like, they give us some numbers basically. So they say your total costs are 80K, your profits 20K, your labor costs are 42% of turnover. What you have to recognize is 42% of turnover is 42% of revenue. Labor costs per unit are 84P and labor productivity is 25 units per employee. Then they ask you questions like calculate the weekly output of the firm in units. Um, they move on to ask you market growth rates. So if a market grows at 6% um, per year, how much does it grow over 10 years? All these kind of things. Um, from a high level, the questions they ask you to write essays on where a lot of the marks are found. To what extent do you think UK businesses will experience a fall in profit if governments limit free trade by adopting more protectionist policies? What can you weave into this kind of answer? Globalization, the benefits of free trade. Um, essentially, it's a trade-off. If you have a really protectionist government, if you look at Donald Trump at the moment, Although there may be retaliation from China over current things he does, so he's currently punished Huawei, a Chinese hardware maker that makes mobile phones, this could be good for US producers, but that assumes there's no retaliation. If China stops Apple selling their phones in China, then US businesses may not benefit that much. The other option you have for this essay is, are demographic factors now more significant than economic factors in increasing the performance of UK businesses? I wouldn't choose that. I'd go for the protectionism one, but some of you might absolutely love demographic factors. Um, I'll flip over to looking at our night before course, the marketing mix. The old favorite, the four Ps have now become seven. Um, the marketing mix is the combination of factors that affect a customer's purchasing decision. So people's one of them, customer-facing staff. M&S love to tell shareholders and stakeholders that their staff, their well-trained customer assistants, and all these people are hugely important to their business, and people is part of their marketing mix as one of the, one of the seven Ps. The other new introduction is process, so how do you do it? The most famous example of process is Toyota's Toyota production system uses something called Kanban to visually show what needs to be done to each component of a car at any given point, and then it's passed on to the next kind of stage of production with its Kanban, which is literally a piece of paper still attached to it. It's pretty cool. Um, but that would be a kind of process advantage for them. Physical evidence is another of the seven Ps, one of the new ones. 
Um, it includes physical premises, the design and layout of premises, the condition and placements of products in a store. If you go in the Apple store, they don't have shelves. The products are kept in the back room or they're kept in the drawer um, on the tables. But the lack of supply, the fact that you only focus on the device and not, um, and not shelves that are overflowing, aka if you go to Tesco and they have 180 cans of baby and stacks on top of each other, it's not quite the same experience. So this is the seven Ps woven together for a luxury product like Apple. Um, the other four Ps, product, place, price, promotion. Um, the old fan favorites. Um, so that's some stuff on the marketing mix. Remember those seven, some good examples of physical evidence would be the Apple Store, good example of processes, Toyota's production system, Kanban, K-A-M-B-A-N, is a cracking example of process. People, M&S, business teachers love M&S and their people focus. Um, I'll look at some operations data stuff, more calculations, but what calculation can be used to calculate how much an employee produces? This is some of our some of the hyper flashcards. Have a think. Labor productivity. Beautiful. Um, what's the formula for unit cost? Have a think in your head. Unit cost equals total cost divided by the number of units produced. Why are capacity calculations useful? They help a business understand its maximum output level, where they're currently operating relative to that output level, and you can do benchmarking against competitors. A whole load of cool stuff comes from these data. Um, and another one, which calculations show a business what percentage of its maximum output is being used? It's called capacity utilization. If I can produce 100 units a day and I'm producing 80, I think you can do the capacity utilization on that. Um, What's a disadvantage of a business working at 100% capacity utilization? The business cannot respond. If you have literally no ability to produce more goods, then if you got another order in, you're in trouble. So if you're doing really well in your business but you can't make any more, you start having to reject new orders, which is not a situation anyone wants to get into. Um, If I look at the stress buster in the night before course, it's an underwater guide to exam stress. Lots of SpongeBob. We like SpongeBob. Um, focus on the positives. Eat well. Exercise. Sleep well. See your mates. SpongeBob's eating an ice cream in front of me, so eating an ice cream is probably a good idea. Weather's decent at the moment. Have an ice cream. Um, says get some headspace through an exercise, but uh, SpongeBob's actually washing his hands, so. Obviously, that makes a lot of sense. But anyway, good luck. You've got it. Exercise, eat, sleep, have fun. Crack on. Good luck. Good luck for your exams. We're going to be releasing night before podcasts before every exam. And if you head on over to YouTube on every weekday, we are going to be doing live streams at 4.45 and 5.30. So make sure you subscribe. And while you're at it, rate us five stars. We're amazing. <laughs> Good luck.